Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. Right. So you're doing army base things now? Army base. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's the technical term for it. But, you know, the lay, the lay term would be uh, I'm in my parents' basement right now. <laughs> Man, I've, I've returned to this place frequently over mm -hmm. the years of the cast. In a way, that's um, your army base. That's your home base. Hi, this I'm Mike. True. I live in Cumming, Georgia. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I'm on what's called permissive TDY right now, which is the army gives you time when you're changing posts, like a permanent change of station, mm -hmm. they give you time to do house hunting. And normally that takes a little bit of time because you got to find a location, then you got to move your family, you got to move all your stuff, you got to get settled. And then after those 10 days, presumably you'll be ready to rock when your report date comes up. Um, so like I'm technically on that right now, but I just, uh, I don't have a family and mm -hmm. I have like very few things. So my whole house hunting process was super duper easy, but I'm getting an apartment on post. Um, and it's unaccompanied living, which is for basically single, um, unmarried. As opposed to assisted living. You're not going yeah. to assisted. Unaccompanied. No. Independent yep. living. No, nope. getting a little yeah, apartment. Are you nice, man? The adult independent living situation. So, uh, it was it was made just for officers who don't have families. Uh, so it's essentially like the only place that I can live on post, and I'm just waiting for an apartment to open up. So in the meantime, I'm just house hopping, and uh, there was a really cool priest uh, that also lives at Fort Bragg. And he has a house on post that he's going to let me stay with him for a while until my apartment opens up. And uh, it's a great situation, man. I just like stumble around and luck into these things. Mm -hmm. um, so at home and then I'll drive back up to brag and get settled in the next five days or so and report Dude, if you in. Want to take to the long, if you want to take the scenic route through St. Louis to, <laughs> I, to I think that, yeah, I think that works somehow. Yeah. No, they're in opposite directions. <laughs> yeah. So do you, is there like a church there? Is there a parish or what's the, what's the deal? With the they, they, they have a Catholic community. They have a garrison chaplain, which is like a chaplain who is the priest for the Catholic community at Fort Bragg, mm -hmm. but all rotate into the mass schedules. Um, Got it. Cause you're so not I'll for the gonna... fort. You're not, you're not for Fort Bragg. You're for the 82nd airborne, which is happens to be which stationed is... there. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. maybe you can't, know this in advance or talk about it but would you likely be deployed you think pretty soon yeah i don't know it'll depend it'll depend um the brigade that i'm a part of is is not forward right now um and so like my battalion is specifically within this is really cool it's within first brigade and there's three brigade combat teams within the 82nd and they have other support battalions that provide fires and uh, all these different things for the different brigades. But our brigade is known as we're the devil brigade. And 
because mm-hmm. I'm a part of a field artillery unit within the Devil Brigade, we're known as the Gun Devils. And so like all of the different battalions within the Devil Brigade are devil something, you know, white mm-hmm. devils, red devils. And the story comes from in World War II, when we were parachuting into Normandy, a German was talking on his on his radio and he said, um, we're surrounded by a bunch of guys that look like devils in baggy pants. And he was talking mm. about our guys. Wow. So the devil brigade actually comes from one of our enemies describing what we looked like. Wow. Looked like a bunch of devils in baggy pants. So that's the paratroopers, dude. We're coming awesome. in. So like Is that where parachute museum, pants comes from? I guess so. I wonder. I was wondering the same thing. They have like all these books and specifically in French. And uh, one of them is titled Du Monde des Ciel. It's like the demons from the sky. (laughs) Yeah, demons from heaven. (laughs) Because you're like, ah, that's so cool. Dang it. I love to be a part of that. So Um, outside my office. It does beg the question like, devil we think of devil as the uh word for satan but there's like the blue devils and uh i for some reason i'm thinking of eudaimonia you know that uh that greek term that means like happiness i think aristotle used it to mean happiness but daimonia is like spirit um not so much is it daimonia yeah eudaimonia eudaimonia okay i don't know i've heard Um, it it just means like good spirit or something like i think it well, really I'm talking about something I don't remember, but in any case, I wonder what the English devil, if that just means demon, which also means spirit, which could be either good spirit or bad spirit angel. We mm. think of like angel yeah. devil, but. Yeah, uh-huh. well, because I know that it goes back to the what Diabolane. Is that where devil well, oh, comes that's, from? But th- th- that's where diabolic comes from, mm-hmm. which I think that's the scatterer. Mm-hmm. And then Satanas is the accuser. Um so I appreciate the, the effort the to kind of bend that and and make it a good thing. Right. But You're just trying to protect your reputation. You don't want to be the devil uh, chaplain, the devil priest. <laughs> I know. I, that was kind of unsettling when I first <laughs> heard that. But then it was like, okay, these are the enemies describing their enemies. Right. So this is how and the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. Exactly. So if the devil were to describe the devil, the the good guys he would call you devils he'd be like these guys are wicked mm-hmm. yeah they're trying to upend my evil plan they're like shredder okay so let's put it in ninja turtle terms yes they look like turtles <laughs> in tight shells <laughs> like yeah thanks for the compliment it's exactly like shredder <laughs> <laughs> i've told you that maybe on the cast even that i I, from a young age, understood being a good guy was good because then when you make a mistake or you fail, you're forgiven and you get helped. Whereas if you're a bad guy and you fail, your boss cuts you off and punishes you. And I learned that from um, Splinter and the Turtles and their relationship Yep. versus Shredder and Bebop and Rocksteady and their relationship. Man, Bebop and Rocksteady. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. just got a nice little ring to it. Totally. That's, that's What great. Turtles movie was the uh, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go? I think it was Turtles 2 with uh, Vanilla Ninja. Ice. Whoa. Oh, man. Dude, those are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> those are so good. 
Oh, I want to go back and watch this so bad. Um, I'm sure they're terrible, dude. I'm okay. sure they are garbage. Uh, so even in C.S. Lewis's Screw Tape Letters, and they weren't. Those were amazing movies. Okay, dude, the guy with the the hockey mask. What's his name? Oh yeah, Casey. And he had the Casey Jones. Casey, the baseball bat. Mm-hmm. So cool. The golf clubs. Yeah, but in in Screw Tape Letters, which is the perspective of the enemy, he does talk about God. Like he he's, he calls him the enemy. Mm-hmm. He calls him. He doesn't call him evil, right? But he essentially, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Mm-hmm. Just to circle back to that point. I mean, it's it's a pretty wild thing that only every once in a while do I really think it through. The fact that on the spiritual plane, there is an enemy who wants our destruction. That it's like, uh, you know, usually I think of enemy in terms of the the Sermon on the Mount, like love your enemies, because our human those who oppose us who are human even those like who hate the church who who actively undermine all that is good true and beautiful there's something good that they're aiming at because human beings can still be reformed you know like their will can change um, and they can move towards god and so we we love them we don't like we oppose them but in a loving way and in a nonviolent way whereas with the enemy the devil and his henchmen he, um it's just wild to think like there, yeah, there's someone who wants to kill you and drag you into hell and you have to fight him. Not like, not with your own tools because you'll fail, but um, Jesus with his authority and his strength and grace will give you the tools and the, and the ability to oppose him. Um, and like the first Sunday of, isn't it Ash Wednesday or the first Sunday of Lent, maybe the collect is something like spiritual. Like as we take up tools of spiritual combat, something like that. I can't remember the collect, but um, that language is in our tradition for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff, it, I don't know. It just touches me. Like I want to be a good priest. I want to be a good, really good priest. And I'm looking forward to serving these guys and gals as, as their priest. And I mean, we'll see what happens with it. But um, yeah, the spiritual combat, that's a real deal, mm. invisible reality that maybe I need to think about it a little bit more because I, I think I uh, tend to uh, explain it in other terms. Not that I don't believe that that exists. I, I totally do. But I'm much quicker to say like, well, it's the like psychological enemy and all pathologizing of evil. of evil. That's my point is, but the pathologizing of evil is so tempting because you can always yeah. make an excuse for people when they do bad. You can always right. say how somehow they were wounded or they're not totally responsible and that, you know, ultimately they're aiming at a good. We just need to like persuade them or help them to reform. Whereas there are forces in the world that simply do evil for evil's sake. Yeah. And therefore at some point you will just simply need to fight it. Um, and that's pretty wild because like you have to be able to trust yourself, your own instincts of when that is, you know, to say, just call evil, evil. And my perspective is that the battle lines, you know, it's the Sultanitsyn thing, the, the line between good and evil is drawn, the drawn down the human heart. It's not nation, national boundaries. It's not political boundaries. It's every human being that battle 
and I'm more and more aware of it every year that I, especially yeah. as a priest, you're kind of, you're on the front lines. Everybody's on the front lines in some way in the battle between good and evil, but you just see it much more um, clearly because people let you into their own struggles and stuff. And um, well, yeah, what are man. like the three movements or voices? And I need to grow in this to help people maybe distinguish it and maybe distinguish it oftentimes for myself. But if you found any helpful ways to help someone distinguish, there's like the voice of the good spirit, the voice of the evil spirit, but then there can also be like just your own voice as, as well coming, coming in. Have you guys, have you guys know any like helpful distinctions for, for people between the voice of like the voice of evil versus maybe just like something coming from yourself as well? No, but I, um, I don't, in my own spiritual life, I've found that like that such a distinction is not necessarily even that helpful to concentrate on. Um, like the only so? thing that really matters is listening to the voice of Jesus, you know, like who, yeah, what is, I think that's how you would, sorry <clears throat> to interject there, but right. that's, there, there does have to be like that approach to it of like whatever like the only important thing would be the the like listening to the voice of god and, and following mm -hmm. his will okay. and then getting my internal voice lined up with his and whether mine is lined up with yeah. something that's not from him whether that's the devil or just my own psychological whatever doesn't really matter yeah right because it's it's just not the voice of jesus yeah 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 and i think that that's something like that i've found is helpful counseling people over time is they want almost like a, the way that we converse, I'm going to say something to the Lord and he's going to tell me exactly. He's going to give me immediate feedback. And to some extent, he does do that with the movements of yeah. our heart, but um, that he allows clarity to come in over time, over time and consistency and fidelity. Like he reveals where his voice is and where his presence is. Um which that's like what that's why we have to return back to prayer because it's not always going to be an immediate instantaneous response of like discernment of spirits. Well, I prayed about it for five minutes and like God didn't tell me anything, yes or no. Like, well, that's not really how he that's not really how he communicates himself to us normally, but it's over time where you can reflect back and look at the fruits and see the movements of your heart um, sustained by God's grace, like figuring out where Jesus is. Um, which necessitates a relationship Like you have to have a relationship with the Lord over time. And he reveals his voice to you as you learn the shepherd's voice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I found that to be helpful for people because they're like, Oh, it, I, I don't have to expect an immediate response, but like God is going to let me know over time. If I stay close to him, what his will is and what his voice sounds like. So just you also, you, I do. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. But just because you prayed for like five minutes about a specific thing, which is great. Like, that's not a bad thing, but um, he, he it's okay. He'll reveal himself when the time comes kind mm -hmm. of a thing. Yeah, I think you can also notice um, something I've been praying with a little bit the last couple months, and it goes back actually to the fall, but um, like just the notion of proximity as well. And I think you react in, in certain ways, like when you're put in proximity to evil, um, as an example, like you do react in, in certain ways. That was a huge insight from, um, 
uh, Linda Curry, who we talked about on the cast, I think, but that was something like just as a kind of an experienced counselor, she helped me to see of like, no, when you when just as like a man, when you are in a certain proximity to evil, like your reaction was actually good and healthy Mm -hmm. there. And like, I can help you to integrate it in, in certain ways as a human being, Mm -hmm. which is really good. And, um, so I, I think that's also another like element too, of like, that's all like the self-awareness thing, um, as well coming in. So that's a little bit, a little bit scattered, um, because I do, do agree of like, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just, it's like, Hey, being in tune with, and then responding to the voice of God in in your life but then there's all these different like facets and and avenues and ways like to to be aware of the different things like that are at play in our own hearts that um man you can grow a lot in a, in a short amount of time like with being aware mm-hmm. of that stuff mm-hmm. yeah yeah because i think the presupposition that i hear a lot of times is people will come in and say i need to figure this out now mm-hmm. and you're like you don't have to figure anything out. And that now is like this restriction of freedom that, that actually puts pressure on you to try and figure out what God's doing in your life. And just to limit or just to take down some of those restrictions. It's like, no, you actually don't have to figure it out. And it's God who's going to reveal it in his time. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Oh, there's freedom. Okay. Now I, I actually have room to, like just let God reveal himself to us, but I need to figure this out now. Right. Uh, that's, that's a good example whether that's coming from you or from the devil. It's it doesn't a, matter. It's a, right. It doesn't it's matter. Not it's just it. not true. It's mm-hmm. just not Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I love that. And then they're like, Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Now I'm coming into prayer, playing a whole different game. Like oh, really? That, so that's interesting. I see. I think so often the response there. There is that like, oh, great. But I, I, I notice that I've noticed it in people as well. And also in myself of like, like, like a resistance towards that, man. Yeah, I like, agree. That's where the battle the total resistance is like, do you want to be free? Because right. Jesus wants you to be free and he wants you to relate. Like the important thing to him is not that you get the right answer or that you're like super good at prayer, but that you trust him, you know, and when you, when you approach it and you come into prayer and you're like, all right, Jesus. I've got five minutes for you to tell me the answer here and I'll just do whatever you say. And, blah, blah, you know, like you, you put all these conditions, but you, you spiritualize it and act like you're just being a good servant. But really, you're just you're you're telling him what to do. You're coming in. I want to control you, God. And he's just like, OK, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then we 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 put the goal of prayer as like this perfection and holiness and never getting the wrong answer and never making a mistake and never sinning, et cetera. And Je- and Jesus's project for us is to be totally in, uh, intimate communion with him and perfect trust. Um, and that's the principle and foundation of St. Ignatius, that, that holy indifference, uh, is like, Lord, whatever it is, I just want you. And, um, as long as I have you, then, that's all I need. And whatever place we go or what things happen to me or the people I love, um, I can trust that moment by moment you'll be with me and I remain in you and you remain in me. Um, maybe this is a 3DN bite. Because you have to go this. run a 5K. I got to go nice, run dude. a 5K. <clears throat> I, 
honestly, I mean, it sounds like, again, we're just saying let go and let God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do have to make a clarification because we're definitely going to get emails from some Lord of the Rings nerds. Mm -hmm. The Nazgul, Connor, you were right. That's the Ringwraiths. It's the same. That's that's Ringwraith in the old tongue. Mm. Oh, I did. That's not the little bit of a stretch to say I was right. I was just (laughs) (laughs) your skepticism towards my identification of the Nazgul's as the beast of burdens was Mm -hmm. was correct. Mm -hmm. I could I could tell the self chastisement happening in your text message when you sent that clarification. (laughs) I was pretty upset. Whipping yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Never again. Never again. Go read sixty chapters now. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So wait, what's the difference, really quick? It's the no, person. On the, it's the demon. Are it's the, the daimonia? It's the devil on the horse, not the horse. So wait, the Nazgul are the ring, the ring race, which are the, the former human kings that fell. Yep, that received the nine rings. What's yep. the the dragon thing that they ride? They're called the fell beasts. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I oh. thought they had a more specific name, but I I looked it up and couldn't find anything more specific wow. than that. Well, it sounds like you researched. So I did. <laughs> I did <laughs> because as soon as you said that, Connor was like, "Oh man, I might be wrong." Like, oh, I care a lot about being right about Lord of the Rings stuff. <laughs> I have to be right. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, it's let go and let God. It's like. <laughs> like it says on the podcast it's just like it says in the bible let go and let god you can do anything if you have the faith all right <laughs> all right hey good luck on the 5k what are you aiming for today are you aiming for a sub sub 14 minute miles 5k i'm 35 now guys i'm aiming to not get hurt let's <laughs> <laughs> have fun nobody get hurt uh, <laughs> go team go <laughs> All right, right, later skaters. See ya. Follow Three Dogs North on Instagram. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisc, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Good girl.